Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to Healthcare Highwire. This is Laura Franco. I'm your host today, and I'm joined again by Bryce Williams at LCS. And today we're going to be talking about cybersecurity hygiene at both work and home. This is part two of our cybersecurity hygiene segment, where last time we talked about passwords, and this time we're going to be talking about updates. So welcome back, Bryce. Glad to be here. Let's talk about installing updates. You know, like I said earlier, you know, I I even have family members who say things like, well, I'm not going to install that for another three weeks because I want to wait to see if everybody crashes. So let's talk a little bit about installing, you know, updates. Sure. So, so just to recap the whole password topic, one, always use unique passwords between your different services. Definitely, especially the important services, never reuse a password. That's, that's just kind of asking for trouble. Two, for sure, use a password manager and, as opposed to sticky notes or a notebook to, to keep track of your passwords. Password manager is definitely going to be a lot more convenient for you, and it will store your multi-factor codes and third, always enable multi-factor authentication uh, for whatever service offers it, even if it's especially Facebook, especially your email or, or Gmail accounts, all the major services offer multi-factor, turn that on. Uh, that's going to be your, your best protection against any site that gets attacked and the passwords get breached. Uh, they can't as easily breach a multi-factor password. Okay, that's... I- so, so that's all really good, good advice. Let's move on and talk about installing updates. Is it important? Why is it important? And does timing matter on installing those updates? Yes, I would say, you know, after passwords and multi-factor, installing updates, not always day of, but pretty quickly, is definitely the next best thing that you can do for your overall cybersecurity hygiene. Updates are not just willy-nilly sent out by like Microsoft or Apple just for the fun of it, there are usually very important security fixes that are part of those updates. Even the updates that include new features, there's almost always security updates included alongside them. I guess the typical advice from cybersecurity professionals for personal use or home use is just, just turn on auto updates and let your devices install the updates when they deem necessary. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good advice. I think I have one of my devices turned on and not the other one. And I don't know why. <laughs> There's no reason for that. So maybe I'm not unlike anybody else, like our users. Maybe, you know, they do the same thing for no reason at all. But I'm going to do that today on my other device. So I will yeah. make so, sure. And the difficulty is, and the reason why it, you know, we recommend just, just leave auto updates turned on is because there are occasionally, it doesn't happen all the time, but there are occasionally updates that are like, holy smokes, someone is attacking this vulnerability or this this deficiency in Windows or Android. And it's just, it's not easy to really explain to everyone which updates are those updates versus not the super urgent updates. So you might as well treat them all as the urgent updates. Okay, so you just elevated that. That's good. All right, let's talk a little bit about backups. You know, I've got a billion, billion photos. We don't do photo albums. We don't do printed photos anymore. 
you know, I want to make sure my photos are protected forever, for years and years and years. How do I back up my laptop, my phone? What if I use a cloud system? Is that sufficient? Sure. No, that's a really excellent question. And I would like to introduce everyone to the concept of the 3 to one backup strategy. That kind of goes like this. Three means you should always have at least three copies of your data, your, or at least your important data, right? So a lot of people care about their photos. I think that's pretty common, as well as maybe some financial documents. That Those are kind of usually the two categories a lot of people bring up. So always have at least three copies of, of your critical data. The two stands for two different types of storage devices. So for the three copies of your data, make sure that that data is stored on at least two different devices. And so I think some pretty common ones that a lot of people will be able to, to use are one is just actually having the data on your computer. That's one type of storage. And then the second type of storage would be having it stored online, you know, using a Dropbox or a dedicated backup service. And we'll talk about a couple of those here in a minute as well. And then the one means at least one copy of your data should be stored off-site for maximum redundancy or resiliency against disaster. For most people, again, just using a cloud service would satisfy that requirement because the cloud is probably not secretly hiding in your basement. <laughs> so I would, so three, two, one, again, three copies of your data, at least three copies of your data stored in two separate places and at least one of those off-site. Well, that's easy enough to remember, three, two, one. I like that. I like that a lot. So now you said you were going to talk for a minute about backup systems. Like I, I assume you're talking about Dropbox or something like that. Yeah. So there's a couple of approaches that you can take. One approach is I know I know some people are a big fan of just using a flash drive or maybe they have like a USB hard drive or something like that. That's definitely an option. My only caution against that, and you can use, again, having three copies of your data, you could use that as one of the copies of your data, but I would not necessarily rely on that exclusively. I am a, a pretty big proponent of using some sort of cloud service. And again, especially for sensitive data, if you're, you've got your, those financial documents or backup copies of a birth certificate or stuff that's pretty sensitive, make sure you're using a cloud service that has multi-factor authentication. That would, you know, that'll give you that extra layer of security, again, against any sort of attack on the account. Users can definitely take the approach of, of using a Dropbox and just kind of taking their important files that they know about and moving those up to the cloud. I know certain services like Box or OneDrive actually have like a sync client, like a little piece of software you can install and you can point it to a folder and always say, yeah, whatever I put stuff here, back it up or move it over to, to Box or, or OneDrive. I think Dropbox has a similar solution as well. But then there's another solution that I think is a little more set it and forget it. And those are category of tools called cloud backup services. Some examples of those would be Carbonite or Backblaze or iDrive. Or if you have a Mac computer, Time Machine is kind of an example of that. It's, although Time Machine usually is you have to have a, a hard drive available in your home to use it. But, but all those services, the other three services I mentioned, work on Windows and Mac. 
they have software that will just back up. What they do is they take a backup of your whole computer and they do that. You can set a schedule. Most, I think the default is like once a day, they'll go in and they'll back up everything just to the cloud. And then it's, you don't have to worry about, oh shoot, which folder did I put those files in? So it's just, it's a little more set it and forget it. There is a fee associated with those cloud backup services. Uh, I think Backblaze tends to be a little cheaper or a little less expensive. But that's, again, not an endorsement, just a recommendation. You can definitely use like a free Dropbox or a free Box account. It just may take a little more work. So I, I like that. I like that idea because it's more passive for the user. You pay for it. They back it up. You're protected. You don't have to make the effort to do anything. It, you know, on your end, actively, it's passive on your end. So, so that's, that's good advice. So I think the last topic today that we were going to talk about is antivirus. As I look at this, it's that's something that I totally forgot about. You know, to me, antivirus is like so old school because I think we've been talking about it for years and years and years and years. You know, having it on our list today makes me think, hmm, what's going on with antivirus? Do we still need antivirus? You know, so let's talk about that because I know that there have been you know, sometimes I get emails that look like they're an antivirus saying, your account, you owe such and such on your account. And I'm like, I don't have that account. That's a phishing thing. So I don't click on it. And so I'm confused when I get a phishing email from an antivirus known company. Should I be using that antivirus? Does that make sense? So, yes, it does. It does, Laura. I will say, I want to maybe drop a, a hint here today, and and we went, we've gone through these topics in a ranked order of importance. So most important is getting your unique password set up and multi-factor enabled. Next most important is auto-installing your updates. Third most important is getting your data backups ironed out. And antivirus, I think a lot of people again would have maybe said antivirus is like the first most important thing. It's really not, but it is still important. So it is, it is on the list, so it's still important. It's just not the most important. So really, the, the function of antivirus today is not to be first-line defense. I think, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, you know, antivirus would have been a little more important because it was kind of like, well, this is going to be your most effective uh, solution. But that's not really the case anymore. It, it's really there just to kind of weed out the riffraff, right, or it's the common sorts of attacks not as important to have the best antivirus because there's really not a best antivirus. It's just important to have an antivirus on your system. Honestly, it's kind of a, a take your pick. Windows Defender is built into most Windows machines. I think it's just in the Windows settings and, and updates and security and that there's a Windows Defender button in there. Flip it on. That's sufficient for, again, just kind of preventing the riffraff you want to purchase a subscription to a product, McAfee, Sophos, or Bitdefender are, are some top contenders out there. Others as well. I know AVG is a free one that's out there. There's a number of options. If you're running a Mac, there's a few options as well. I know uh, McAfee, Sophos, and Bitdefender have Mac versions available. I know a lot of people who, who have a Mac just prefer not to use any antivirus software. And I know a lot of people like to say, or an Apple even likes to say that, oh, well, Macs don't get viruses. 
the the truth is they do. Uh, so I would use I would try to use something. Apple does have a system where they it's like antivirus light that they maintain. Um, it kind of gets updated a couple times a week, kind of in the background. But it, it's not full antivirus. It's just kind of like a it's yeah. It's not it's not really an antivirus solution, but. I would use something. Again, there's some free free options out there. Uh, just use something. So, Bryce, this has been really, really eye-opening today. You've given us a lot of really good information. Probably some of it we should know. Probably some of it we already know, but aren't practicing it. But also the explanation behind the why, why we need to do this. Again, I think that goes perfect with Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I know we've talked a lot of stuff that might focus a little bit more on home. I know that as a company, LCS, like many other companies, they protect us with backups and virus type stuff as much as possible. But I'm sure that there are some other things at work that we should and shouldn't do as users. Let's talk briefly about that. For sure, Laura. I would still say that that the list applies still to a workplace, but it applies differently. If you end up getting yourself a password manager and you you start using that at home, I would not probably go to your IT department and say, I would like to install my password manager on my work computer. Your IT department probably has a solution in place. And if they don't, they at least have some recommendations for you on how they want you to handle storing passwords. And so I would just, I would work with them and say, for work passwords, make sure that you understand what the process is. Same with updates. Your IT department, your workplace is probably already managing updates on your work computer. You likely don't need to be going in and doing your own updates, but you can certainly ask your IT team and they'll give you the process to follow, if anything. For sure, something that needs to be pointed out do not go to your workplace, especially I know in a healthcare environment where I think a lot of people are working with data that uh, has some pretty strict regulatory controls on it. Don't plug in a flash drive and start downloading files. You may end up causing some sort of security incident. Let's not do that. So again, I would work with your IT team and try to understand you know, what, how is the data being backed up? Or is there something that I need to be doing? Do I need to be put, putting stuff onto a shared network folder or, or something like that? Don't take it into your own hands. As what, same, same with endpoint protection or, or, or antivirus software is you probably, your workplace probably has a solution in place. Just, just ask. So it would be so much easier if we all had a workplace solution like we have at LCS at home. We don't. <laughs> Because fortunately at LCS, it's all being managed for us, like it, I'm sure it is at many companies. So that's really, that's really good advice. This has, been, this has been really time well spent. I think that our listeners have probably gained a lot today, too, on important information. And if anything, it's a great reminder. I've made a to-do list personally myself while we've been talking of things that uh, I need to do and maybe a couple things I need to shore up a little bit. And uh, my stop doing list is probably longer than my to-do list, which I think is just as important. So I want to thank you, Bryce. And I know that next time when we meet, we are going to be talking, we're going to be talking more and more about traveling safely and using public Wi-Fi or 
you know, other Wi-Fi systems. So I'm really excited to, uh, to dig into that too. So thanks again for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me back. And hopefully me and Sean will be back for our next episode. Wonderful. Wonderful. So thank you everyone for joining us on Healthcare Highwire today. And we hope you'll join us next time for Cybersecurity Awareness Month when we talk about traveling safely. I'm Laura Franco. Have a wonderful day. So you enjoyed this podcast episode. Click like, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, and let us know what you liked best about it. Thanks for listening to Healthcare Highwire. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.